we've been hearing about it in the newscast uh, word this afternoon and just in a news conference uh, about 90 minutes ago that a uh, pilot project going to see some more boots on the ground in downtown Edmonton, all an effort to try to curb some of the violence and disorder that downtown Edmonton has been experiencing. 12 members of uh, Alberta sheriffs will be joining Edmonton police on patrols, allowing them to expand from five to seven days a week. It's all going to be a part of the Healthy Streets Operations Centre, but let's get into some more of the details with Edmonton Police Chief Dale McPhee. Chief, welcome back to the show. Hi, Julian. Thanks uh, for having me. You said in the news conference this is something that you've been looking at for a while. It only took one phone call and one letter, and here we are. How is this going to work? Well, I mean, the whole premise is, as we're all aware, it's, you know, Chinatown's been uh, hollering crime and for resources, rightfully so, for quite some time to increase visibility. Some obviously in 118th, similar in downtown. And we've moved as many resources as we can down there right now with the current resources we have. But what we thought is we're not having any success with the resource aspect. So let's look at what else we could probably look at doing for a pilot. So the premise was, you know, the sheriffs, they're good partners with us. They belong to AACP. We partner on a lot of different initiatives. Uh, could we actually look at a comet uh, of office? into the downtown, which would basically go from two shifts that we have in the Healthy Streets Operational Center, which is a partnership between ourselves, obviously, uh, the, the city uh, CPOs and, uh, and and EMS, and, and, and hopefully soon to be fired. And what we would do is try to replicate two of those shifts, not disturbing the other two, and get to uh, between EPS, the sheriffs, and, and hopefully with some resources added from EMS as well which would take our coverage from five days a week uh, to seven days a week, uh, 20 hours. And I think what people uh, need, that we're trying to make people realize, this isn't just a homeless issue. We got serious safety issues going on, and and the the violence that's risen in these areas has been disproportionate. And last year, when we tried to go in there, and this time, it's it's gone up by over 10 or 11 percent. And we're talking about random attacks. We're talking about firearms offenses. We're talking about very serious things. And so when you have these type of resources, you have the ability to adapt and and obviously enact what the right uh, path forward is. Uh, if it's somebody that's addiction, you're still going to get called to that. But maybe that's with the health team or, you know, some of our partners and how we interview. Somebody's causing violence. Well, because you have that visibility, you can deal with violence in the, uh, you know, in the, in, in the immediate uh, actions. So this is to put some uh, additional resources. It's well documented and well-known that police visibility and certainly enforcement visibility works in deterring crime. Uh, and this has that premise around it, but it's also got the ability now with the resources to hopefully more effectively and quicker act to some of the violence that we're seeing and uh, start to curb this behavior. And Chief, any concern uh, about, well, I guess there wouldn't be concern if you guys are doing this, but the fact of the matter is if you have police officers who are working downtown Edmonton who are used to working in downtown Edmonton and you're bringing in sheriffs who are not used to working in downtown Edmonton, how that will work. Concern on, on the sheriff part, on, on on what they're going to be doing, how they'll be able to 
handle it, having the knowledge to do that? Well, I mean, first of all, they're trained and they work across the province and they work on very many uh, safety issues that, you know, a lot sometimes are even more higher risk when you're getting out into some other remote communities. But what we're basically doing, it's under EPS command, so it's in partnership. It's not a, it's not throwing somebody out on the street to fend for themselves. It's in partnership with EPS and it's just, you know, more resources with the adequate authorities to deal with the immediate presence. And if that is uh, a referral to a health system or a social service system, you know, we have those partnerships that are also partnered with them between our help and our PAC teams and we'll continue to use those. And, and for the for the homeless community that's down there as well that have been preyed on and, you know, victimized, then obviously this is trying to protect their safety as well. But I think the thing that we also forget here is we're losing businesses and we're losing, uh, you know, people coming to downtown in one of our largest entertainment districts. You see businesses leaving and that's not okay. So it's not just the rights of one group, it's the rights of all groups and it's the appropriate response to try to do that right response at the right time. And that's what we're focused on and we believe these teams are well positioned to do this. And again, a three-month pilot, let's actually see what the difference makes and see how it goes and, uh, you know, adjust accordingly with our partners and others. But, I mean, right now we're just seeing uh, the drops in the emergency room uh, visits at the hospitals and uh, some of the stuff that we're seeing into our custody just by the presence of EMS. Like, think about that. Why are we always taking this to a building when some of this can be triaged in the field? So partnerships, if you think of it, I mean, you're well equipped in the military uh, background, but if you think if somebody's wounded, uh, you know, in battle, what do they do? They send a medic and they send a soldier, but the soldier isn't there to solve the health problem. The soldier's there to ensure the medic is safe. And this is more of a, how do we use the partnerships and the right authorities to get the right response in the most uh, close to real-time response we can to alleviate the situation and make that first call meaningful with connections. So, how- how will success be measured? Well, I think what we should do is see the perception of safety, and that's obviously the contacts. I mean, in the short period of time there, there's been thousands of contacts with the community and the business community. Uh, so that's one. So that's perception. Two is obviously uh, dealing with some of the gang activity and some of that and reducing the number of incidents that we actually do, reducing the intake in relation to dealing with the addictions and trying to referrals to health. I think there's a whole multitude of things that can measure success. The problem is you can't be one dimensional here. I think that's some of the problems that we have is we're really focusing on sometimes one solution where it's a complex problem that needs teams to approach this and actually deal with it. But, you know, I know lots of people say we can't arrest your way to troubles and I quote the thing they always said. I always have said that, but you can't not arrest either. And if you differentiate by the right resources there and hold some accountability to the system and get the people that actually need the help, the vulnerable to the right services, and those that choose to disrupt, hurt, and deliberately injure people in our community, there's a justice system response, and we need to do both. Well, you talk about the justice system side of it all. One of the things we hear over and over again is that a lot of people who are uh, uh, perpetuating the crime in downtown Edmonton have, um, you know, charge after charge. They've been in and out of the system. So, uh, you know, when you take a look at recidivism, does this do anything on that front? Well, 
that's another issue that's obviously currently with not only the Canadian Associated Chiefs, but us at Alberta Associated Chiefs. Please, do we actually think there needs to be some action on this? 100% we do. And actually, we're just gathering some of the statistics in relation to this, uh, to how do we put our uh, statistics, because some of the statistics in the early on, and we hopefully should have them done here in the next week or two, it's not good. I mean, you're right. There is some different uh, approaches that need to be handled in this particular system, but it's not to blame anybody. It's it's time to do some new things, but it can't be a lack of accountability. It can't be carte blanche where, you know, you see businesses failing and there's no accountability and, and, and we're trying to treat it all as a homeless problem. This is not, there's a homeless problem, 100%. But is it the only problem? No. And is it our homeless community that's always out there creating violence? I think that's a bit of a stretch. Um, so I think what we're really focused on is using our data, using our partners to try to make sure that we're approaching this with no wrong door person in the middle. And if it's the justice system that's the appropriate response, so be it. But if we can offer up somebody and slow down the emergency room visits and slow down the justice system with a partnership with health, then that's just a no-brainer. Okay, what happens when the pilot- pilot project is done. Well, we'll evaluate it, and we got to figure out how we continue. Like right now, we're trying to hire, um, you know, and, and it's going to be blunt. It's the whole system, COVID, what we went through with the events in Minneapolis, you know, it's, we've our recruiting has gone way down, and a lot of the negativity that we've had, certainly within our community, hasn't helped that. And, you know, there's still lots of good men and women. doesn't mean we don't make mistakes. doesn't mean we don't hold them accountable, but we're also recruiting at the same time trying to do that and of course then it becomes if we have that uh, difference maker and let's see it's proven then you know what we have to look at is how do we fund it and or how do we look at readjusting resources and I must say I've got to give a lot of credit uh, when credit's due because I've worked with all forms of government and all different stripes and I'm very encouraged with uh, the steps that the province is doing to put this balance back in it right now so that's been helpful for us. Chief before I let you go um, you know on, on uh, social media the other day I, I a friend of mine had posted a picture of walking to work uh, through one of the LRT pedway systems and there were people using passed out uh, in there keeping warm whatever and you know she, she was just kind of pulling her hair out and a number of people responded to that post saying you know what the city and EPS have given up now I would say that today's announcement would show that the city the province EPS have not has not given given up but what do you tell Edmontonians who see that every day going to work who are afraid to go downtown uh, to the mall who are afraid to go downtown uh, to the entertainment district or worried about what's going to happen and you know just their safety that we're going to be making more changes this is the first of many and lack of accountability is not okay uh, and it doesn't mean it's the justice system to deal with an addiction I'll be the first to say that but right now it's also not just a housing issue so and it's not there's no purpose of blaming somebody else collectively we have to take responsibility to making our whole community better and that's what the business community the residents and people that obviously don't have a residence it there's different solutions to those but what it can't be is no accountability Uh, and and right now we have to find the right balance of that accountability that treats addiction in the first instance that obviously treats 
discreets crime in the first instance and protects others and vulnerability of others by actually having a place where, you know, they can get some health treatment, which is on these three task force that I've been on and now the fourth. It's all steering that way. It's just taking time to put some of these things in place, but it's encouraged to see some of the steps that are being taken to get there. It's been a journey. You know, we need some quick success, to your point, because a lot of people have had hope. But the only answer to this can't be just to move somebody down the block, uh, you know, move from the library to in front of the mall doors. Uh, there's got to be other ways, and it's not just uh, a shelter or a house. It's obviously some treatment perspective, but it, we don't have a system. And that's what we're focused on trying to do is putting the pieces of the system. I think we got a lot of good people working in the space, both from the you know the public service as well as the not-for-profits. But you know, I think we could certainly, uh, uh, with some leadership from the province, who I think is starting to show that we could coordinate this and get much more better results for what uh, we, than we currently have. And Chief, we'll leave it there this afternoon. Appreciate your time as always. Thanks for this. Thanks, Jalen. Appreciate right. it. Take care, uh, Chief Dale McPhee. Joining me this afternoon, uh, the Chief of the Edmonton Police Service, uh, saying that there's going to be more announcements coming, uh, you know, in the coming weeks, months. What happens? when this pilot project is done in three and a half months? Well, we'll evaluate.